On today's show from CBS's Big Brother 24, please welcome Joseph Abden. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited to be here on the Mike Rand Show. Let's get this interview rolling. Welcome to the Mike Grand Show. And today's special guest is from CBS's Big Brother 24. Please welcome Joseph Abden. Hey, Joseph, how are you? Hey, Mike, I'm doing great. Much better now in your company. And I can't wait for this interview. Thank you so much for joining us here today. We're so excited to have you on. We're going to talk all about your time in the Big Brother house. And the first question I have for you is what it was like before the Big Brother house, because I heard that you were a lawyer. So can you tell us a little bit about your career <laughs> and what your life was like before Big Brother? And I want to know what kind of law you study in, because it's always good to know a lawyer in case you ever need him for something. <laughs> Absolutely. So a little bit about me before the Big Brother house. So I did my undergraduate. I double majored in uh, at FIU's Honors College. I was a resident assistant there and a power lifter. I double majored in marketing and international business. So once I got my degree, I headed over to Florida State College of Law, graduated early. Then once I passed the bar, I started practicing law in the arena of personal injury. Um, right before I got into there throughout law school, I was working at the Florida Supreme Court doing appellate work. And then that was followed by in-house corporate counsel doing corporate governance for uh, Next Era Energy, which is... Uh, better known as FPL, Florida Power and Light. Uh, and then I got into personal injury on a trajectory for medical malpractice. But before getting too deep into that, I ended up in the Big Brother house. So um, jumped in the Big Brother house. And then now, you know, I'm just kind of trying to resituate myself in my legal career. Okay, awesome. And what I got to ask you, which is what you don't know, is I actually tried to get into law school at one point myself. And I remember taking those LSATs and I was terrible at it so what I want to know is how did you like taking those LSATs oh my god I absolutely did not like taking them I was terrible as well I actually took it four times because um I due to financial constraints I really needed scholarship in order to go to law school so I just kept taking that exam until I scored a good enough score to secure me a pretty decent scholarship from Florida State uh, my brother now, uh, my youngest brother, Adam, is studying for the LSAT. So it's the worst type of deja vu slash PTSD, seeing him, you know, prepare for logic games and logical reasoning and reading comprehension. But from what I've, I've understand is the LSAT has changed I'm, I'm, a lot from the time that we've both taken it. It's an online format. There's no more experimental. So it's a completely different exam now. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think we could both agree that that's not a fun experience. Oh yeah, absolutely not. I did like the math portion, the math stuff I was good at. Those reading things, you read like the most blandest things when I had to take them that you had to try to rem I'm like, I don't even know what I just read. Like seriously, and I'm sitting here watching the clock. Yeah, I was like, seriously. oh, forget this. 
I was like, whatever. I, I swear they uh, they sit at a table and be like, what is the most boring topic we can have these kids read for a couple hours? Like, yep. And nothing, obviously nothing to even do about the law either. Just a boring topic from maybe the medical yeah. science journal of something yep. or other, you know? So what I want to know yeah, now yes, is... Yes, and for our non-legal background... Yeah. So tell yeah, us... How it's you... funny that like you mentioned that the LSAT has no legal reference. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us how you got cast in Big Brother, and were you a fan of the show before you were on it? Uh, yes. So I actually got recruited for Big Brother. Um, they reached out to me, and I was familiar with the show beforehand. Uh, but I didn't watch much of it. My mom was a big fan, so I kind of called her. She's she's my go-to for anything reality TV. Um, and then she got me a little bit familiar with the show. Uh, she loved last season. And uh, through the casting process, I just got pretty familiar with the season prior. And then, you know, as an alternate, I didn't do as much research as I would have if I was, like, you know, 100% confirmed going into the show. But uh, next thing I know, you know, I'm standing on there on uh, premiere day and <laughs> the, the rest is history. <laughs> yep. And exactly. Like you said, you were an alternate. So originally you were not part of the original 16 that was going to go in. You stepped in for somebody. So how much notice did you have that you were going on the show? Yeah, um, I would say little to none. I think the original cast uh, was released. I replaced Marvin, um, who's a great guy. Uh, he, I believe, had some contractual obligations that didn't allow him to step into the show. And I, it, it, like the night before, I think it was like 11, 10 p.m. the night before uh, uh, premiere day, they come in. I talk with the executive producers and they're like, you're going in, Joseph. So we have to sequester for a period amount of time. So like everyone's getting their headspace. I, I remember I had my luggage opened and I was going to begin packing. I closed all my law textbooks because I was studying for the bar in the sequester period. And um, I, I remember just, I was literally packing because I was supposed to be the next day on a flight home. But in the last minute they changed it and put me in the show. So tell us what it was like that first day walking into the house who were the house guests that you walked with? And what did you think of when you first saw the Big Brother house? Oh, my God. That was actually, it was so surreal. It felt like a fever dream. I could not even comprehend that this was happening. You know, everything I did, all the preparations, my intro package was all as the alternate. So it's like back up, a little rush. Like, you know, it's like not not necessarily the priority. And so going in, I went into the show with Turner, Brittany, and Nicole, and then myself. So I remember they had us all waiting out uh, outside to enter the show. And I think it was Brittany who was directly behind me. And they were playing music, uh, trying to ease the tension. We weren't allowed to talk or look at each other, uh, which was so hard for me because I was like, I, who, like, I can't believe I'm here. Who are these original cast members? Like, I wonder who else might be an alternate, who else is going through something similar as me. Like, you know, they never thought they were going to be on here and now they're standing here. So I remember I was standing, I was the first in line. So I could not see anyone behind me. And they had Turner. Uh, I think it was Brittany directly behind me and then Turner or Nicole or Nicole and Turner. And uh, I was just kind of like, I remember Brittany told me, she was like, I, I don't know what I was thinking, but there's this guy in a suit in front of me. 
his vibe was but she was like then i saw by the way he kept like looking around or joking with other members or like dancing to the music that like she was like i got a good vibe from you but going in once we walked i was trying so hard not to like you know look at everybody and take it all in because this was so surreal to me and it due to the last minute circumstances and changes i just was like not really as much as I was there I wasn't I was still decompressing and taking everything in that I'm here uh so it was a really it was a really unique situation to navigate okay and tell us what it was like the first week in the house because you had Daniel win the head of household then Michael won the first of many vetoes I mean Michael was just fantastic during the game winning all those competitions and and actually Absolutely. let me let me switch the question while we're at it while we're on Michael did you know that early on that Michael was going to be that big of a threat in this game with winning all these competitions did you have a sense so- so absolutely, I, I would never underestimate any of my house guests. One thing that definitely gave me a lot of admiration for Michael early on was, and this has a lot to do is we were have nots that first week. And um, being a have not is a lot harder than it looks. It, it takes a lot of, you know, not be, just eating slop, sleeping on the floaty in the cold room, in the have not room. It, it really daunts and tolls your physical and mental um capabilities and the fact that Michael was able to stay so cool calm collected and still win the veto as a have not you know we're already on this hiccup of entering the big brother house you know the sequester period does take a toll because you're locked away for two weeks so that already noted I already noted from that first week that you know Michael is a, a force to be reckoned with because yeah, I, I felt all being a have not and I hand he handled being on the block that week fairly like very well. So um I, I didn't expect him to win almost every competition going forward, but I definitely thought he was a great competitor early on. Um and uh and, and that first week was definitely daunting, especially for me. I was still trying to get familiar with a lot of aspects of the game. Um even me as a have not, I I, I recommended Although, like, you know, I, I was rel- I knew it was some form of a punishment. I wasn't 100% familiar with what I was getting into, but I saw no one wanted to do it. And I was like, this, this does look like a punishment. Um, and I don't know. I just felt bad. I was looking at everyone. I, I saw the eye contact. No one wanted to do it. So I kind of just threw my hand up and was like, whatever, I'll do it. Let's see. Like, how bad can it be? Um, pretty tough. Uh, so being a have not in that first week and everyone knowing me now knows I have a huge appetite and I love to eat. So not really being able to, you know, fulfill my appetite, uh, work out, you know, being this completely new environment that I haven't really mentally prepared for my, my couple months leading into the big brother house, I was preparing for a bar exam, I was supposed to take around late July. And instead of taking this bar exam, I'm playing a social game on TV. So my preparation and mindset was a little off. But you know, I'm I'm kind of like getting back on balance those first two weeks. And then also in that first week, um, so Taylor and Terrence were up for elimination. And yes. there was rumors of an all-girl alliance forming that Paloma started forming. And Taylor went and said it to Monty and let him know. What advice did you give him about saying something? Because he went and then uh, approached Paloma. So do you think that that was the right decision for him to make to actually not trust Taylor 
coming to him at that point in the game. Of course, that's Monty's decision to make. Um, he had his own relationships with Paloma and Taylor at that time. Uh, and obviously, he felt a lot closer and felt as if Paloma was more trustworthy. Um, this is still the first week. So, like, you know, everyone is strangers. So, I guess that was his judgment call to make. Obviously, looking back at it, it wasn't the right judgment call. But um, at, at the time being, I remember thinking that, you know, I, I just don't know these strangers well enough to formulate a decision. But that's why I never really lock in an opinion on anyone because I always know there's multiple sides to a story. Um, and, you know, at that point, that was Monty balancing his own relationships with everyone and how he made those decisions. Now, going into week two, Paloma had left and Jasmine, um, she became injured with her ankle. And you could see throughout the course of the season that maybe she was using that to her advantage, <laughs> that maybe it wasn't as serious at looking at Turner's, you know, facial expressions throughout the series. And I wanted to know um, how serious was it when she first, you know, you were there when she got injured, how serious was her injury? And do you think that maybe she used that to her advantage later on in the game? Uh, so her injury was definitely serious. I remember when her, when she fell, I was one of the first people um, on the scene and her ankle swelled up entirely. I remember we were like, do not take the shoe off, but I can't remember who exactly was like, no, no, we're, we're taking the shoe off. And they take the, her shoe off and her ankle swells completely. Um, I think it was a level three sprain. So it was definitely a serious injury. Um, and whether Jasmine was underestimated because of that injury or how fast she healed, um, I'm not too sure about, but ultimately, yeah, that sprain was pretty bad, but Jasmine's a tough cookie, so I would never underestimate her. <laughs> and what was it like with her little, um, what do you call it, with her little phrases that she liked to do? I don't know what exactly. Oh, oh yeah, I, 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 her, her jasminisms that we Jasminisms, yeah. So what was it like? How often did you hear those jasminisms? Jasminisms. Uh, I can't even say the word. You said it perfect. Um, they're they're hilarious. Like she always, it's it's very on brand for her. She would always like you know give these little zingers that just like it was just it, it's her thing, and she was doing it, and it, we all enjoyed it and would laugh at it. And then during that week as well, there was a festy bestie competition. And yes. can you tell us what it was like doing that and? you know, who you got paired up with at the end of that competition, how you actually had three people in that. Yes. Yeah, so in the Festy Bestie competition, um, this is right after Pooch leaves. So I'm, I'm a lot, my, uh, my concerns about being in the dark and on the wrong side of the house are valid at this point. I'm made very aware as one of the last people, like minutes before he's leaving, uh, made aware that he is. Um, I'm like, okay, so I'm on the outskirts of everything going on in this house. Um, I, I, I have watched those episodes. So not only was I on the outskirts, I was also very, I was close to being the target for that week as well. So I, I start to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm definitely out of the loop of everything that's going on. And um, now being made aware that post pack and girls, girls were, you know, formed in the house and they were moving accordingly and, you know, they had a very strategic plan to go forward. Um, I start to feel a little bit, you know, like my game is very high at risk here. 
And Monty then selects me for a Festy Bestie. I end up sitting by myself because like I'm still debating where I want to go and I don't want to make the decision. Like I don't want people to read my card. So I think there was only like three people I was able to pick from. I think it was Terrence, Jasmine, um, and I think Brittany. And I, I didn't want to select any of them because in some aspect that was you know, at the end of the day, a festy bestie pair means that you're you're going to go up on the block with them. So I didn't want to send a signal to any of one of them saying or to the rest of the house, like, hey, everybody, I want to work with these people or I think I could beat these people if I sat on the block with them. I felt like it would reveal too much of my card. So I sat by myself to let someone else make that decision. Ultimately, Monty does. And he does sit with me, me knowing now that being in pose pack, it was the best option for him because he. uh uh, in that case, he would have the votes to stay against me because of his alliance. And, um, and, and I did trust him and want to work with him going forward. So that worked out for both of us in the end. But uh, I, when he sat with me initially, I knew he was better situated in the house. So going up on the block wouldn't have been an ideal situation for me. But I was like, okay, I'll utilize this situation as we're two physical threats. Uh, people maybe can utilize us and work with us rather than, you know, get intimidated and put us up on the block. So that was my strategy initially. And then obviously looking back, um, it was a good play on Monty's move because uh, in the instance that we go up, uh, I would be the one to go home since his alliance would back him up. Okay. And then eventually during the next week, what happens is this big alliance formed called the Leftovers. And this actually started because of a confrontation that actually happened. So Nicole was crying in her room and Taylor had went in thinking, because who was it? Was it her grandmother that was sick at the time? I can't remember. For Nicole. Her mother. Her mother her was mother. sick. Yes. Okay. So her mother was sick. So Taylor had thought maybe she was crying because of her mother being sick. And yeah. it was misperceived as the wrong, you know, it was taken the wrong way thinking it was about quitting the game. And then Daniel confronted um Taylor about that so can you tell me were you there in that moment when it was confronted and what went down and what was the reaction of the house at that time uh no so I wasn't there again this is another situation where um you know those first couple of weeks I'm a lot of I'm out of the loop for a lot of what's going on um I'm initially in the bathroom during the whole uh confrontation and I remember I was like actually struggling with trying to work the bidet that they handled up, they handed us and I exit the bathroom and I remember exiting the bathroom. I missed the confrontation. Taylor has already left. So I initially exit the bathroom and I'm met by Nicole and a few other house guests. And I can just tell there's like this still air. I thought everyone was mad at me because I took too long at the ba in the bathroom. And I thought like maybe I forgot to flush or like, cause you know, we would have a lot of, debates about the cleanliness of the bathroom and like people are forgetting to flush and there would be a lot of arguments about it so I walk out and everyone's giving me a dirty look and I'm it's because of the tension that just occurred there and when I exit everyone um the edit doesn't show this because obviously it's chopping it but they start talking to me being like uh I'm like I like I was like guys I can flush or I can spray like what's the like why is everyone staring at me like this and um they were like, no. And they start filling me in on what's happened. So like, I think it was Nicole, they start telling me like, oh, so you know, this happened and they're, they're, they're filling me in. And while I'm being filled in in the bathroom area, I guess Taylor and Daniel are now in the living room and continuing the conversation. 
And then Taylor comes back to apologize to Nicole. And, you know, at this point, I want to give them the room, give them some space. But I don't even know what's going on. The severity, uh, it obviously starts to de-escalate from that initial um, confrontation. And when Taylor comes, I can just see she's so distraught regardless. And obviously, keep in mind, I'm hearing this information as if, you know, maybe Taylor approached this maliciously or she meant this in an incorrect way. But I always had a feeling that she didn't and she's not that type of person. So I, I, I prepare to exit the bathroom to give Nicole and Taylor the space and privacy to co- have a conversation about this. But I can just see that Taylor is in such a vulnerable state that I stop. Like I even saw it in the edit. I'm leaving and I stop to just make sure Taylor is okay. Cause I was going to give them, they're two adults. They can, you know, have a conversation about this. And like, of course, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable and confrontational, but like it can still be done in a respectful you know, manner. And then you, I, I thought Nicole and Taylor, maybe were working together. So this would be good, but I stop and I'm waiting and I'm watching the conversation just to make sure this doesn't escalate or that, you know, Taylor's well being is okay. Because me seeing her, like, I think she walks in and like her face, you can see she's upset. She's sad. So I just want to make sure that, that she's not taken advantage of or like, you know, she's not getting jumped in the conversation. And then her and Nicole just kind of have a brief like discussion. But at this point, everything has de-escalated and there's no like name calling. It's like, you know, it's a confrontational conversation, but ultimately it's something I feel like two adults can have. Uh, for the initial blow up and everything, no, I wasn't. I wasn't there. Okay, and then the leftovers formed actually because of this, correct? Yes, this is a huge reason. Um, the leftovers form. Like I'm, uh, I'm hosting the veto for that competition, and uh, I just pick. Like I start to be like, these are the people I want to work with, and uh, you know, I will never take full credit for forming the leftovers. It was a collaborative effort. But in my head, those were the peoples I wanted to work with, Taylor being a huge one. Um, uh, And I I mentioned this all the time. I would always go to Taylor and be like, you know, I want to work with you. I think you can win the game. Like, I would always try to give her that reassurance. And um, I genuinely felt that way. I genuinely thought those things. I think she needed to hear it and believe in herself as well. And uh, a lot of it had to do with Taylor. Like, uh, uh, that initial blow up, the speech, uh, that is later given uh, through Turner. Um, the leftovers forming had a lot to do with the treatment of Taylor. And um, in some aspects, Taylor, you know, we, we in, in slight could kind of resonate feeling like, you know, on the outskirts, that's why the whole name is called the leftovers because we felt like uh, I, I've seen a funny uh, edit of, I think someone mentioning like, oh, that's who's left over. Uh, and obviously there's, there's pretty, there's two pretty big alliances running the house at this point in the game. And, you know, we're on the outskirts of that. And that's why, uh, and then Taylor's treatment and that day specifically was like, all right, let's get this ball rolling. Yes. And then eventually Nicole and Daniel got eliminated. Um, Indy was the first one sent to the jury house, but in between that time period, you also formed, a showmance with Taylor. Yeah. So yes. how, how did that come to be? When did you notice that? Yes. Notice Taylor. <laughs> so I, and I actually get, I always say this story. So I actually noticed Taylor before I even walked in the game. She was the first person I saw. And um, I really enjoyed Taylor's company. I wanted to talk more freely with her. I wanted to spend more time with her, get to know her more in the game. I used to always tell her like, unfortunately, because how everything started out, 
I feel like I, I, I don't get the opportunity or the chance to know you. And obviously it was no surprise. The more even me, you can see the more you associated with Taylor, um, it was very detrimental to your game. And there gets to a point where I don't care. Like, even if it's bad for my game, Taylor would tell me this, like, I remember I would talk to her and she, she would apologize to me, hoping that like, you know, I'm sorry if this hurts your game or something. And I, I would always tell her, like, I don't care. Like, you don't have to apologize if you ever need someone or you need a friend or you need to talk to somebody, come to me. I, I don't care. We'll deal with that later. And um, that was obviously pre leftovers. And then during the leftovers in order to maintain and our, our both our games, because obviously I wanted all of us to get to the end, especially her and I, uh, uh, she comes up with the idea to start a fomance, which is uh, we joke about it and you can see comments about like, is this a fomance? What's going on here? Because I think initially in her, her and I are under the agreement, like we're playing the game and like, you know, we came to play big brother. So, you know, maybe starting a relationship in the house wouldn't be very, uh, very, you know, progressive to us winning. Obviously she proved that <laughs> she proved us wrong on that, but um, we, we both are like, okay, let's just do a foment. So that way people can, you know, understand like, Oh, it's not that they're talking game and they're always together. It's just because it's, they're attracted to one another and there's chemistry there and we don't have to worry about their games. So that was Taylor and Taylor came up with that brilliant plan initially, but that brilliant plan allowed us the actual time to start really spending time together. And uh, then it starts to bud and we start to have a lot of conversations during lockdowns um, and just, you know, on the hammock, like, is this a fomance? Like, Oh God, Taylor, like, is this turning into a showman's like what's going on here? And we would both like, you know, just reiterate the game was like so heavily on our minds and, you know, the perceptions of the house and what could go on and whether we could actually win this if we openly do a showmance. So unfortunately, the game starts to distract us. But yeah, it starts off as a fomance and then progressively becomes real. So what was it like then during Big Brochella and Dryer Fest, where you guys were in different parts of the house, you were outside, she was inside. So I want to know how it was being apart from each other that week. Plus what transpired out of the house boy they just got ready to throw you under the bus kyle and just yeah. eliminate you so tell us how yeah. shocked you were with all that transpired out there yeah so dire fest and bro that twist was truly something else so we we obviously get separated right at the peak of us getting extremely close we just finished um it's her hoh so like you know we're both speaking so much we're tied together for the skin and fancy punishment and me and her are getting so close she's starting to bring up conversations like you know for end game goals and I'm really like you know and I think it's very obvious I I genuinely enjoy her company I think she's such a player I say time and time again like I don't think there's anyone else in that house I say can win that this game other than Taylor like it's not like I was going to everyone being like you can win this you can win this you can win this um it was I truly believe like Taylor could win this like it I, I obviously was playing to win, but if I didn't win it, I was like, Taylor has a very high chance. Um, and, I, and obviously I'm closest with Taylor and Monty at, at this point. And, um, you know, if I can't win, I'm rooting for either one of them. But I don't even, I even more than Monty, who I spend a lot of time with in the house, Taylor is the one I'm continu continuously, you know, vocalizing that I think she can win this. And I truly believe that, that like, she's the main one I tell that to. And, um, 
she, we get separated and in getting separated, I, I recall after Direfest, that separation from her makes me appreciate her more um, because one, I don't want to highlight the fact of how close I'm getting to her. I'm already, it's no secret that Monty and I were extremely close. Taylor and I, people are concerned and starting to get perceptive of, but me and her are doing our best to hide it to protect our games ourselves. But like, it's no secret. Like people are catching on to it immediately. Even Turner who slept a lot of the time came up to me and was like, so is this real now? And I was like, oh, people are catching on to us. And um, a lot of my problem with Direfest was that I'm going to be one of the, if not the only big brother person that's going to walk out this house and never be able to give my piece or my part of the story and just leave for over a month left of gameplay to go. And considering I was a part of a major alliance, like that leaves, you know, a huge gap for any narrative to be filled. So my biggest concern is like, okay, going into Direfest, I know I lost the money, but I, I made, I made something more than the money coming to this house. Like these relationships, these friendships, meeting Taylor, meeting these people. Like I was like, I've, I've made so much more than I could ever collect from that stupid amount of money. And I wanted to make sure that those didn't get, uh, those were preserved. So me not being able to leave and you know, uh, anyone who plays big brother knows this. It can take one simple conversation. It could take a two minute conversation before someone leaves the jury to just give that person reassurance or, you know, closure and, preserve and maintain a relationship it can literally be a simple one minute conversation before they go out the door and me being robbed of that was my biggest concern um not even that i was going home and, and that's why I, I tell turner like please going back in the house obviously you know it comes to no surprise if i truly wanted to betray anyone in this house i sat on the block the longest in dire fest and initially like i was the first one put on the block next to turner it was very clear Turner was never a target from the beginning. So I had pressure on me the entire time. The heat was always like the fire was always right at my face. And I was like, if I really didn't care about these people or I really wanted to betray people, I would have done it at the very instance the heat and the pressure came at me. I did everything I can up until Terrence is fed all the information uh, by Kyle and, and in in part of the Kyle from a game standpoint he he did a good job like you know he highlighted everything um, even covered himself where he didn't from a game aspect how he how he moved I, I can't even be mad about because it got me sent home um, and, and that's the point of the game like you know he he prioritized his game but um it was just devastating for me to know going back in the house there I won't be really granted the opportunity or the luxury to be like, you know, I tried, you know, even when towards the end of it, where I'm trying to distance myself based on their concerns about how close I am with you all, they obviously didn't buy it or it wasn't, you know, they knew it wasn't true because um, they would have kept me <laughs> to do it. But literally the whole time I was in the yard, I was just faced with, you know, the problem of, uh, and Terrence would say this, he was like, you know, I, I have to deal with a bromance and showmance here in the yard kyle turner Alyssa kyle but he was like yours is waiting for you inside the house he was like you have your bromance inside and your showmance and um it was a very fair analytical <laughs> observation so uh it, it was just unfortunate that i i didn't get to say goodbye or give 
that conclusion or closure leaving. And um, obviously the worst case scenario came where there was a lot of exaggeration about what occurred and the timing and how it occurred and why, which led to, you know, complications with the relationship and et cetera. And what was it like for you spending time in the jury house then? And what were you most surprised to have learned about some of the things that transpired in the game when you were in the jury house that maybe you didn't see while you were in there or maybe somebody that got eliminated had told you? Um, so in the jury house, um, since I've already lost the game, it was very important to me that someone, you know, I had, I'm caring about wins and that being Taylor and Monty. Uh I, um, I, I really didn't know. Obviously, I left the game and I had some very important relationships to me that I wanted to maintain and preserve. So what was most important to me was what's the update on them? What do they think about me? What have they heard? So I would try and get bits and pieces like, you know, at the end of the day, there was so much going on post my eviction. You know, everyone's preserving their own game. No one's really like I, I was under the assumption like, you know, Joseph is old news. This is why coming out of the house with this much love and support is so you know reassuring and overwhelming for me because getting out like you know as the third juror I thought by the time I come out it was like you know that he's old news like no one was talking about him for weeks like there was nothing really to be discussed in regards to him uh but you know that wasn't the case and um obviously the most uh I guess the initial shocking thing was when Michael told me Taylor was upset with me um, or like she has words for me and she's going to kind of, you know, I guess confront me on finale night. And I was like, so surprised. Cause I was like, what did I do? I tried my best to protect everyone in the yard. Like I was like, you know, up until literally the last moment where everything is exposed in detail, then, okay, yes, I have no choice, but to like, you know, in order to get back in the game and still get back to you all so I can work with you and everything. Um, I try to distance myself, but it's literally very and fairly obvious that, you know, I tried, I, I wanted to help everyone and preserve the leftovers, maintain my relationships with everybody. Um, so I was like, oh my God, I, I wonder what Taylor's hearing to make her upset with me. Um, and, and, and the, the timeline of everything she's hearing. Cause I was like, you know, maybe she could be like, why would he want to distance himself from me? But the only, I was like, if she was given the full picture, like, oh, okay. Like, no, Joseph did not open his mouth at all or say anything and even then I still offer Terrence a uh an option to be like hey would you want to go back in the house and possibly work with Taylor and Monty because of my close relationships with them and he was like he shut it down immediately he was like see this is why he was like this is the issue with you like he was like you're very close with them and like I can't risk like you like you know betraying me for them which was very very fair um of a concern and uh yeah I just uh that was the most shocking thing was when I got that in the jury house that she's upset with me and then that kind of confirmed to me that you know it looks like the delivery of the message of everything that occurred and transpired to Direfest wasn't fully the truth if for a lack of better terms I, I would say either exaggerated or you know the narrative was spinned a little bit I heard there was um I was over campaigning and things of that nature, which is very impossible because we had actually a time frame of when we were allowed to campaign due to precautionary measures for outside interference. So I was literally given a block of time within the day to campaign. And even then due to the agitations of the yard and, you know, the circumstances that we were all living in, 
one, I wasn't in the mood. I did not want to talk to anyone and not, me not being in the mood. All my fellow house guests were not in the mood as well. Like nobody was in a mood to have a conversation, to game talk. People were just, okay, that's it. Like he's going home. I'm even accepting it. I'm going home and I want to get out of this yard. So uh, once I heard I was over campaigning and um, this narrative was being pushed that like, you know, I was trying to betray everyone. Um, I was just like, oh God, I got a lot of cleaning up to do. <laughs> And then finale night comes and the final two are Monty and Taylor. And one of the things that happened is that Monty and Taylor got a little bit close when you were not in the house. Um, so yeah. obviously you looked very shocked to learn that information finale night. So what was going through your head and how did that all get resolved? And where do you stand with Taylor now? Yes. So I obviously kept my guard up in the jury house once, you know, um, Alyssa makes a comment about sharing a bed. Um, I have my guard up. I do know through Michael and Alyssa's comment that I, I don't think it's a reality at this point, but I think maybe a possibility just because I'm like, you know, these two are basically under the impression that I betrayed both of them. My, my friendships and relationships and experiences with them was fake and game or whatever the narrative was and um i'm kind of uh, but in the defense a lot of people coming into the jury house did tell me like taylor does care for you like um you know a lot of people were would come to jury uh, like progressively i think everyone even from michael forward i would always ask like is taylor and they would always end with but she does care for you and she does miss you um, but Michael and then Terrence on the last day, those two being the only ones to kind of fill me in that like, no, no, no. I think after Dire Fest, like she has her concerns with you. And um, yeah, I just, uh, uh, I, I start to keep my guard up. I don't really want to believe it, but you know, it is a possibility considering the house. You never know what goes on in there. Expect the unexpected. And um at the end of the day, though, like I, I don't hold anyone. I was like, I think when I put the key in, I, I, I want to make it clear to both of them that I love and support them and whatever decision they're going to make. Like, I will stand behind them both because I want them both to be happy. And um, and that's because I genuinely do love and care for them. So I was like, you know, I will support them no matter what. Um, and uh, I'm thinking at the time, like, you know, I guess. Uh, she's made her decision we both talked a lot in the game about possibly pursuing something after the game um, and I, I'm, I'm in the moment thinking like okay she made her decision that she doesn't want to which she fully had every right to do and that's why like up until the game and even now I can't hold, like she's she can do whatever she wants and uh, fortunately that wasn't the case uh, you know we we meet up here and we're 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 letting the slow burn burn <laughs> Okay, so is it fair to say there's a happy ending for you and Taylor right now? Oh, oh, absolutely! I, like most definitely. Like, um, I, I, I'm so I, I'm happy with her. Like, um, uh, regardless as we work through the relationship and the complications of the show and how everything went, though, like at the end of the day, I'm I'm so happy. I'm like she's happy, and that's all I can ask for. And what is next for you? What What do you plan on doing now in the future? Uh, what's next for me is to, you know, hopefully I, I saw so much love and support. Um, one thing that I became almost addicted to is the, as much as like, you know, there's, I get some messages that aren't so nice. I, I, I usually get a lot of love and support and 
and how much I've touched people's lives. I did not expect, you know, just me going on this show and being myself to touch so many lives and, you know, neuro neurodivergent people um, with ADHD, anxiety, um, people who are going through depressive episodes or phases and just wa letting me put a laugh on their face with, you know, Taylor or um, women saying I'm setting the bar for expectations and that they, you know, would like are, are leaving relationships because they were like, you know, I was treated this way or this was said or done and I should never put up with that. Um, let alone, you know, my culture and background, people being like, thank you so much for like, I'm a big brother fan for years and like getting on there. And again, once more next to other house guests, such as Kaser, who like, you know, offer that relatability aspect, normalize us in the media. Um, there's just so such an overwhelming overflow of positivity that I felt like this opportunity brought me that I want to continue doing. And um, I never would have thought something like big brother would have done that. I never would have. So whether it's the challenge survivor, um, whatever comes knocking next, um, I'm going to welcome it with open arms because as long as I can maintain that positivity, I want to, and obviously to make Baba happy and proud, <laughs> I'll, I'll still keep my legal career intact. That's definitely a work in progress for the area of law and how I can get it done. Um, I'm, I'm someone who doesn't like slack when I do something, I do it my all. So definitely want to make sure whatever area I'm practicing in, I'm passionate about it. Um, I'm competent in it and um, I can definitely excel. Okay, awesome. And guess what time it is? It's time for the lightning round where I'm going to ask Woo! you two <laughs> things and you tell me which one you prefer. Okay, you prefer perfect. Kit Kats or Reese's Pieces peanut butter cups? Reese's Pieces, easy. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Night owl, easy. <laughs> Survivor or Amazing Race? Amazing Race. I can't eat too much on Survivor. <laughs> UFC or WWE? UFC. Mashed potatoes or macaroni salad? Mashed potatoes, mashed potatoes. <laughs> Would you rather call or text? Call. Dodgeball or paintball? Ooh, dodgeball. <laughs> Which came first, the chicken or the egg? The chicken. <laughs> Would you rather fly in a plane or go on a road trip? Ooh, road trip. Baseball or football? Football. Fire or ice? Fire. Don't like the cold. <laughs> and who is your favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? Raphael, Michelangelo, Donatello, or Leonardo? Leonardo. <laughs> okay, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you so much, Mike. It was a pleasure. I truly enjoyed it. Thank you. And can you tell everybody if they want to keep up with you, um, how can they follow you on social media? Yes. If anyone wants to keep up with me, guys, please bear with me. I couldn't get all my tags. People stole them before I could get to them. So Instagram, Abden Joseph. Uh, Twitter, Joseph Abden. TikTok, Joseph Abden Esquire. Um, guys, please stay tuned. I am also working on creating a podcast and YouTube channel. So those are TVA, but they should be out relatively soon. Okay, awesome. Thank you guys for watching today. And we'll talk to you all soon. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much.